Hey, it's Story Guys. I'm Murdoch. I'm Brian. It's the podcast where we tell each other stories and then decide who gets fake points and a fake crown that we wear around for a whole entire week. But real stories, fake game show. That's absolutely what it is. Thanks for tuning in, and um, let's go ahead and get started. We, we've got a new segment this week, and it kicks off right now. It is called Story of the Week. And so this is an opportunity for you and I to talk about other stories we're inspired by. So before we get to our own stories, what's a story this week? It can come in any format. It could come in audio. It could come in video. It could come on YouTube. It could come from your kid. It could come from, you know, somebody tells you a story. What's a story you've heard this week that's in your brain that you love? So I'm averaging, this is, uh, this day we're at now. So from five days this week, I'm averaging four to five hours of sleep a night. And the reason why is because of that big, burly, jello, brown thing from Stranger Things that is the nightmare of all things <laughs> that is season three of Stranger Things. Oh, man. So and, I've not I've not jumped into season three yet. I was yeah. okay with season one. Uh, I thought they should just leave it alone. I had a former podcast where we spent a lot of time talking about Stranger Things season one. Um, and then I thought season two was absolutely excellent. So I'm really, I'm geared up for season three, but I've not started it yet. I feel like it needs to be all at once. Yeah. Uh, I'm almost done. Uh, it's It's absolutely terrifying. It is the most... It is like, for me, conceptually, like the thing that nightmares are made of. Like, I mean, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say that any other way other than being just completely just terrified. This seems like the most implicit endorsement of this thing I've heard yet. Like, I'm now extra excited to be a part of it if it is having that kind of reaction, right? Because I always say, and I teach my kids this, it's like, art should get a reaction. So even if you're scared to death of something, that means somebody made something like they were able to channel into something. And that's pretty remarkable. So, wow. And what, and, and here's how, this is how a measure of like what is heavy or scary because we watch heavy moody documentaries and we don't watch sports or Marvel movies or anything, but the episode will be over and I'll turn, you know, to my wife and I'll go chips, (laughs) popsicle, And, you know, and there's a break. Like, there's no, like, let's watch the next one. It's like, no. We, a, a few years ago, we watched Broadchurch, and I remember, like, at, at, at the end of an episode of Broadchurch, I'd be like, and now we're going to watch Friends. Now yeah. It's time right. to watch. A fun, fun fact I learned yesterday, in fact, the two most streamed shows on Netflix. Do you want to take a guess? Uh, Stranger Things is one. Nope. Uh, WWE Raw. Yes, no. <sighs> Friends in the office. Oh, the office does make sense. Yeah. 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 And they're both about to go away. So yeah. that this that was the premise of the article. But very interesting. I did not know that those were the two most. I, re- I read an article that, oh, crap, what happens? The office is going away. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So sto- story in my head is actually a story that um, I, I was in New York last weekend and I got to see a cousin of mine that lives in Harlem. And she brought her partner to lunch uh, with me and my brother. And her partner told a story about the first time that she met my aunt, who is my cousin's mother, okay. conservative mother. Right. Um, and the and they had just started dating, and they weren't really telling the mother that they had just started dating. Sure. And I'm not going to tell the story, but I told her I might go up the story and start telling it because it was one of the most remarkable stories I, just in the way that she told it. And I said, you've been practicing telling this story, haven't you? And she said, yeah, I have. Because she just told it with such, 
with the beats in the right places and the punchlines and the way she described my aunt. And it was all, it was fantastic. And it was a beautiful story because it was really about acceptance at the end of the day. But um, it was just very funny, a a very conservative woman in a very liberal environment. And she surprised everyone by, by being very open hearted. And it was, it was beautiful and fun and hilarious. And so that's my favorite story. Like I've, you know, I'm reading a lot of cool stuff and watching a lot of cool stuff, but that, that is my favorite story of the week. My story had Winona Ryder, Eleven, <laughs> Telekinesis, Hopper, the cop, uh, that cop. The well, when cop I guy. talk about storytelling, yeah. uh, you know, and lecture about it, I always say we ha- we have this perception that we need Hollywood big budget effects for every story, right? Like, and just just figuratively, you, yeah. we we have that perception. We think like, oh, there aren't uh, there aren't enough quote unquote explosions in my story, yeah. and. You know, I think part of really learning about storytelling is that that's actually not the case. It's yeah. it's it's just about bringing the reader into the right stakes, and the stakes in a story about acceptance like that are really really high too. They're just a different kind of high. Yeah, and it's your own personal experience and story and journey. I mean, those are the things that are that really make stories powerful when you're trying to capture someone's attention or you're you're making your first. You're trying to grab somebody when you're making a keynote speech or something, the first thing out of your mouth. Like, if you don't know how to tell a story, then, you know, your speech is going to suck. Yeah. Like, you have to know how to, yeah. to grab people and, and tell those stories. You don't have to have explosions. Well, and ask a preacher, right? And I think I, right. I, I make that transition because we've we pre-polled the uh, subject for today. And the subject for today, again, we, we've been sticking to popular songs. Right. And the uh, tab you polled earlier before the program was... Which? Uh, uh, South of Heaven. No, wait, it's, it's take, take me to church. Uh, which when I first, now a quick aside about that song. When I first heard that song, I was like, is this offensive? Like I'm very offended by this being somebody that grew up in the church. And then I've now come to really embrace that song. I like it a lot. And I don't care for that song. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. So just, we're, we, we tied last time. Who's going to go first with their take me to church story? Uh, I'm going first, okay, because I know I kind of I kind of can gather I, I can kind of gather sort of where we're at, like you and me telling these stories, just knowing your background. So, so basically, my childhood, I always went to church every time the doors were open, and Mark never went to church. So that's kind of the background you need to know. That's that's it. Yeah. Okay. So so I'm go for it. I almost feel like I'm the opening act, and you've got to figure out if I'm really White Snake <laughs> and you're poison, or if it's the opposite. Like if you're just gonna blow me off the stage. So, oh, so yeah, yeah. So uh, so my parents got married, and the deal was, do you want a diamond ring or do you want a washer dryer? So that happened. So my mom took the washer dryer. And then my dad said, we're not going to that church anymore. And okay. so that, so that, so that happened. So I had no idea. So I went into school. There was no daycare. Like my mom brought me. So I went into school and at some point when people brought up the idea or mentioned church or Sunday or vacation Bible school as a kid, I didn't know what any of those things were, including the concept of Jesus Christ or God or the son of God or Muhammad. So or, like at what point do you start to learn any of these things? Um, let's see. Uh, after the beatings. So I think, <laughs> I think it's like maybe <laughs> second grade, I think really. And there is this, there's this kid. And, and so he was a kid then, but we're the same age. And, uh, so I haven't seen him since high school. This is how long it's been. And that's a while. And his name is Matt Carter. And I adore Matt Carter. And the reason why I adore Matt Carter, not only just because he's such a wonderful heart, a wonderful person, is he never, ever stopped asking me to go to church. 
he would come to my door and knock on the door and ask me to go to church. Like he like he was a Jehovah's Witness, like just showing up. There, he, there is a beauty to that. Yeah, because for a while I was like, this is ridiculous. And then now looking back, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm glad he was trying to get me to do it. You know, because yeah. he must have thought, man, this kid, Jesus <laughs> Christ, the black hole of death here in this house, in this cul-de-sac of madness. So, so, but I did go a couple times. Um, so when I was younger, but what I didn't like about it, and it was difficult for me to understand or get into the depths of the whole idea of about the relationship that you have either with God or the son of God or, or uh, the tenets or the commandments or any of those things was always overshadowed by the fact that I would go to like the Bible study with the kids before the service. And it would be just like school <laughs> where someone would get beat up in the corner. Uh, and it wouldn't be me, which is okay. But I remember that vividly thinking like, this sucks. So kids kids were still kids and being bullies and stuff, even in the context of the church yeah. basement or wherever you were. Right, right. Um, and then the rest of it was just so alien to me. It was so strange. Uh, so I probably, you know, I probably did like a half dozen times or something. But then, you know, people want to get married and people get married in a church. And it, so it wasn't until like I was in my 20s where I went to a wedding where there was any alcohol. Yeah. True yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, Right, you too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, because I didn't know that people had weddings that weren't at church. Like my sister did that. And I was like, wow, this is weird. There's like, yeah. there's like people outside with guitars and stuff. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. totally wacky. Uh, and I guess there was booze. I don't know. I was too young to even know. So, so then I started going to, uh, I started taking a tour of like churches to sort of figure it out. It was like, you know, Mark's world tour of trying to understand. So I, I did my own sort of spiritual journey of trying to figure it out. And I thought about making a t-shirt, like a concert t-shirt of like all the different types of churches that I went to <laughs> because I did all, like I did all kinds of different ones, uh, and did drop-ins. Uh, you know, and like Pentecostal church did that, uh, Buddhism, I did like Buddhist church, all sorts of things like that, but it's always been very searcher for me, even as an adult. And then at some point it kind of settled in and I felt like I had a relationship, uh, with God in that way. And then it went away too. So that just sort of like went back, but my relationship with Yahweh or God or the force or whatever is very different now being a parent because it sort of seems to exist in nature and the things that are around me. And it's not sort of something else. So, but for me, uh, it always, when I, so you've like, every time a door was open at a church, you'd go to it. So for me, the entire idea of going always feels a little weird still to me. Yeah. Uh, like I'm a phony going in. It's like, I shouldn't even, I shouldn't really be there, you know, kind of. Well, so there's this, I mean, uh, I don't want to get too far into my story but, until we're done with yours. But that's, but I mean, that's, that's me because I, my, that's all I got because that's, that's sort of where the beginning and end and, and everything I've got. So that's my story. You go. The star of your story is Matt. I love him. Um, oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's the best. He's saying it's senior night, uh, right before we graduated and he's saying the dance by Garth Brooks. <laughs> he's saying, he's saying the solo. Yeah. Lewis, Lewisburg, Tennessee. Yeah, Shout man. out. Um, so it's interesting that you say that because there is a very different relation. So you, you have, I mean, it's like we're at opposite ends of the spectrum because I was in it so often that it was like being 
The your dad owned a gas station, right? Yeah. Okay, so you were like the son of the guy that owned the gas station. So you were in the, the gas station. The the gas station. So you were, but you were in the gas station at weird times. Maybe when it wasn't open, yeah. you would go go with him there on errands. You yeah. would you would have to sit there sometimes if you were sick or school's out or whatever, right? So like all of that experience of being the gas station owner's kid, yeah, it translates exactly the same way to being a to being the kid of the preacher, right? Yeah. Did, so in your dad's office, like in the church, did he have one of those little calendars where you, you lift up, you lift up the plastic thing, and the girl's bikini goes away? Because that, no, that was that no. was in that was in my dad's office. It was of Mary Magdalene. That's a that's a deep Bible joke. No, um, okay, so, <laughs> um, but the the same t- I know that's I'm proud of that. The same tenets still be. still apply, which are that there is this behind the scenes access, right? So I'm glad you brought that up because my story is about the, the the kind of the mundane aspect of being in this building that has been assigned this holy uh, sure. attribute, right? It's like this is this is the building where, of course, the church is not the building; it's the people. You know, there's a lot of talk of that in right. most faiths, but there's still this building. You can't get around the fact that for the most part, it's only used for this one thing, and so you assign this kind of higher place for it. But I was in it all the time at all hours, running through, turning the lights off, running through the dark halls. I mean, I was talking about this with somebody recently about this insider access of climbing up in the baptistry and like finding the holes in the, you know, all of the, all of the weird stuff that you could find in a church. So the particular story I was going to tell was that there was a cleaning day or some sort, I don't remember what it was, but there was some sort of reason that my mother needed to be at the church. And she said, hey, why don't you come with me? I don't know where my siblings were. I don't know what, and I'm, I'm trying to put an age on this. And I would say I was probably between eight and 10 and the church at the time was on a nice parcel of land, kind of in the middle of this small town, and there was a creek that ran behind it. So when you're eight or 10, the number one thing you want to do is, there, and also there's a big parking lot. So there were, I mean, you can probably guess, right? You want to play in the creek and you want to ride your bike. Right, right. And what, what, what denomination is this church? I'm so so we, we were in what's called the Restoration Movement, which is non-denominational Christian okay. church. So it's, it's the Christian faith, but we actually are our own denomination by not claiming a denomination. It's like when I was in college, I was not in a frat. Thus, I was kind of in the frat of guys that weren't in frats, you know? That's me, GDIs. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We will not define what that means. <laughs> no. So, um, all of that to say, yeah. we're I'm, I'm at this church work day or whatever it is. There's a bunch of other kids. Everybody's running around like crazy, but the the there's family members, moms and stuff in the church doing whatever they're doing, right? And my mom says to me, there's one rule, Brian. This is you... It's kind of an overcast, cloudy day. If you're going to play in the creek, don't get on your bike and ride around on your bike because you'll be all wet. And, I, okay, so Murdoch is making a face at me right now that he doesn't understand this reasoning, and that's the exact face I was making at my mother. Yeah. She said, don't get on your bike. Don't get in the – I can't remember. It might have been either or, or it might have just been don't get in the creek. But it was one of those It was one of those things. Basically, the idea that I, w- I should not have been – wet and on my bike which i was at which point i then wiped out slid across the parking lot and did that to my hand can you see that scar i can't right here so 30 years later you can still see the scar on my right hand from that afternoon in that parking lot and my mom this is i mean if you talk about the anger my mother being angry this is really the only thing that comes to mind. And it was this righteous anger because she had said, do not do this. And it was that moment where I realized, 
oh, and this is something I try to explain to my kids all the time. She knows things about the universe that I don't understand, and she's trying to keep me from getting hurt. It was like she knew if you get wet and in the creek and you go ride your bike, you will be slippery. Your feet will slip off the pedals. You will fall. You will slide across, and you will have blood coming out. So I just have this mental image of her being livid at me, putting me in the car, taking me home, like, throwing me in that we had this old-fashioned was that the house with the old-fashioned bathtub yeah it was um with this like old style clawfoot bathtub and yeah. i just remember like weeping in the bathtub and my hand was like you know just like bleeding we're having to like do salt treatments on it to keep you know was she putting it, boric acid and vinegar like what was she doing <laughs> peroxide probably yeah. and and it's this like turning point moment in my childhood where i realized like Oh, our parents like know some stuff about just how stuff works that I'm not, I don't understand. And it's, I've had this reminder of it on my right hand for the rest of my life. And I literally tell my kids this story. Cause I'm like, yeah. I know you don't understand, but this well, is, but you know, this is the thing. And I don't know if you struggle with this, but for me now, the thing nobody saw coming, the curveball, right. Is that we're not just protecting our kids from what they do when they leave the house. A lot of times we're protecting what they do with that device while they're in the house because they are leaving the house, but they're just leaving it a different way. Not something we did. Right. Really? Yeah. Right. So, so I tell, I have to tell them all the time, like, you just have to trust me. I know you don't think the internet's a scary place, but that's just because you don't know. So trust me. And, uh, and, and and, and I have to, I have to bring it back to the parking lot on my bike, soaking wet blood running down my arm, my mom screaming at me. And I'm like, not upset by the, I mean, I want to make it very clear that my mother had every right to be that upset because it made such an impact that I think that's probably why I ended up being an all right kid. But it was all, it was all, you know what I mean? Like it was like that one moment where it was like, oh, everything kind of crystallized around that. And I have, I carry around this reminder, this subtle reminder on my right hand. Isn't that weird? I need a scar thing to explain anything to, to, to your kid. Yeah. <laughs> The thing I, it happened yesterday. It was, uh, I want to use my own money to buy things. Yeah. So why can't I do that? I'm like, I let you do that. No, you don't. Not all the time. And then I didn't know how to be like, well, sometimes you want to buy garbage. You want to buy this Yeah, Yeah, we do the same thing. We have the same conversation. So you save your money to buy something else. And then she goes, can't take it with you. (laughs) Right. So when you have the wise be on your years conversation with a kid, and it's like, oh yeah, she doesn't, you know. This is an example. This but- is an example of when you realize that your kid has been listening to you say things, and yeah. they have stored all of them up just to throw them back at your face. A great example of that was today. I took my son, my seven-year-old son, to the doctor, and he had to switch antibiotics. And the doctor said, don't worry, this new antibiotic tastes like strawberries. And he said, good, because that other one was gross. And the doctor said, yes, it tastes like coconut sand, doesn't it? And and my son coconut goes, sand. my son looks at him without skipping a beat and goes, no, it tasted like crap on a stick. <laughs> and I had to go, no, 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 buddy, we don't talk like that. And he's like, what? And I was like, yeah. well, he's clearly heard crap on a stick from his mother or me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So there you go. So uh, who gets who gets Just you? There's who, no doubt. I mean, it's not because of the default thing with your dad and the thing. It's just like <laughs> I'm like I don't know what it's like, and they beat each other up, and people are like, what do you mean you don't go to church? You worship the devil. And I was like, what is VBS? What does VBS stand for? When I was in kindergarten. I didn't know what grade K was. Like it was on all the stuff in kin- and I went and I don't think I was prepped. Like you're going to kindergarten and the letter K 
Although they don't talk about that on Sesame Street. They have the special letter of the day, the letter of the day every day in kindergarten's K, and that's what it means. And I didn't understand what VBS was. And I'd see VBS everywhere as a kid, and I didn't know what it was. Yeah. So it's it's you, a gas station. If we we ever have a conversation about gas station parenting, daddy daycare... I might win. Uh, hey, get involved in the show. We are the story guys at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook as well. And Spotify. And Spotify and iTunes, all that stuff. And again, you know, we do appreciate you if you have rated the show on you hear this on every podcast you listen to, but when you rate the show on iTunes, it helps us. Find it on all the places that you listen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which like you which you obviously you're did. Listening to now. And we are the story of course, is home base for all the stuff we have going on, uh, any projects or working on upcoming speaking events, uh, live shows, anything like that. So check that out there. And thank you so much. And uh, you want a cookie? Oh, wait, no. Do you <laughs> keep, keep telling stories? That's, that's not the tagline we end on. It's also not keep it crispy. So do it one more time. <laughs> keep telling stories. Story Guys is a production of Brian Eichenberger and Mark Murdoch. Get more stories, hear more podcasts, and book the guys for your conference or house party at wearethestoryguys.com. Copyright 2019 Boy Have We Got Stories Productions. All rights reserved.